0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' 106-112 loss to the Portland Trailblazers. Talk about Clint Cabela's huge game, how the Blazers were able to do just enough to get the win, and what happened down the stretch that didn't allow the Hawks to come out of Portland with a victory. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a frustrating loss for the Hawks. After coming off that really dispiriting loss to the Utah Jazz, the Hawks came in and played a really wonderful first half um, against the Portland Trailblazers um, on the second night of a back-to-back. The Hawks were up seven at halftime. It could have been even more, um, but built a lead of 16 points in that second quarter, carried that seven-point lead into the second half, but could only score 40 points the rest of the way. And... For a team that played just so well in the first half to really come to kind of just a grinding halt in the second half was really disappointing and and just let a game that the Hawks could have won on the road get away. The Blazers played well, and it's a big credit to them. They lost C.J. McCollum. He wasn't able to play in the second half, and Damian Lillard really picked up the slack there um, and had a nice game. Damian ended up with 36 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well. He was only four of twelve from three-point land. He made all 12 of his free throws, which was really important down the stretch of this game. But other than Damian Lillard, they got some nice performances from Ennis Cantor and Gary Trent Jr. Carmelo Anthony chipped in off the bench. There was a fun little uh, back and forth during this game, especially in the third quarter between John Collins and Carmelo Anthony, where they were just going at each other and to be quite blunt john collins just really dominated that matchup um unfortunately it didn't show that show up in the stat sheet but john collins went and got two buckets on carmelo and carmelo really couldn't do anything with john um but the blazers ended up winning the battle of the benches the hawks bench only put up 19 points compared to the 35 points off the portland bench and with the blazers losing cga that was really big for them the hawks Did a wonderful job in the first half, and a big part of that was Clint Capella. Clint had his best game as a Hawk. It kind of feels good to say kind of each game Clint is having his best game as a Hawk, but Capella played 36 minutes. He ended up the game with 25 points, 15 rebounds, four of those offensive, and four blocks. Um, And just really good game from Clint Capella. One of the things that I wasn't prepared for or hadn't really thought about is just how athletic Capella is. Uh there was one play in particular where John and Capella got switched, so John was guarding the center and Click Capella was guarding the forward and the Blazer are smaller team, their forward will sometimes play on the perimeter. And I think somebody uh Derrick Jones Jr. had a lazy path and Capella uh stole the ball, drilled him himself, and was gonna have a monster dunk had Derrick Jones Jr. not um fouled him, but to see your center getting that knock away and taking it the length of the court for a potential junk is, is really encouraging. Um, another encouraging part of Capella is his free throw shooting. He was three of five from the free throw line. That's perfectly acceptable. He had a little bit of, uh, struggles on his free throw shooting early in the season. And to see him kind of look very confident, he has a weird free throw, uh, shooting mechanic. He kind of moves the ball a little bit before he releases it. Um, like, Horizontally versus vertically, but uh, Capella was a monster, and the Blazers, without Nurkic, their center, they didn't have anybody who could deal with Clint Capella. Um, Capella had a lot; I think he had 19 points in the first half, and that was one of the frustrations with the Hawks is they didn't go back to Clint. Um, A lot of Trey Young's assists was to Capella, and they seemed to have a built a chemistry already. Um, But Capella was clearly such a huge advantage for the Hawks that it was frustrating that down the stretch and um, it just didn't seem like the Hawks went to that enough. I mean, Capella played 36 minutes uh, and that's probably the max we want Capella playing right now, but it just felt like down the stretch we could have used a little bit more of Clint Capella. John Collins had a solid game. He was 4 of 8, or 4 of 10 from the field, 0 of 2 from his three-pointers. Again, John should be shooting four three-pointers a game. He's too good of a three-point shooter not to be. He had 8 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. DeAndre Hunter continues to do DeAndre Hunter things. He was matched up guarding De- Damian Lillard for most of this game, and while Damian had an explosive game points-wise and you know got to the free-throw line, actually one of his fouls that got him to the free throw line was he just ran into hunter hunter didn't really even move and uh damian bounced off of hunter and was able to sell it as a foul um hunter is just so strong in his canter tried to move him it's just fun to watch uh deandre hunter play defense and he is not as assertive on the offensive end of the ball um i think he he only had nine shots he was one of five from three-point line he ended the game with 15 points but he did get to the free throw line nine times. He hit eight out of nine free throws. So that is good to see him down there. And he is a player who will go get an offensive rebound and put it back up. Um, there was no Cam Reddish against the Blazers. He had a knee-to-knee uh, collision in the game with the Jazz. And so the Hawks sat him. So Hunter was really the only guy on the wing that that brings a lot of defense for the Hawks. But Hunter ended the game with that, those fifteen points. He had six rebounds, one assist. He had five fouls, and I think really officials are still trying to figure out how to deal with Hunter just because he's so strong. He plays really good defense. Again, to have your second year wing who was projected as a power forward coming into the uh, NBA out there guarding Damian freaking Lillard was is pretty amazing, and it's just a, I mean, a joy to watch the Hawks is um, DeAndre Hunter. He didn't hit his threes but he was pulling them without any hesitation and uh, he's just been a joy to watch all season for these Hawks. Kevin Herter got the start with no Cam Reddish. I thought he did really well and early on he had two assists very early in the game. He was five of ten from the field, hit his two free throws, only one of four from three-point land for 13 points. He had six rebounds, four assists. He had a steal. It was a beautiful steal off an inbound play for the Blazers. Just Kevin read it perfectly. Uh, The Blazers threw the ball right to Kevin. But Kevin completely blew the layup. The Hawks had a three-on-one. They ended up not getting a shot at the basket on that. And that's kind of the night the Hawks had, just like really good at the beginning and then not being able to finish. But Kevin Herter looks good and continues to uh, find his little mid-range game. He's not just staying out at the three-point line, but he's um, attacking and, and finding a little floater game. Goodwin was really the only Hawk that was particularly good off the bench. He played 15 minutes, was four of six, nine points, had two steals, um, and continues to play pretty well. The Hawks had a small, a short bench against the Blazers. They only played Goodwin, Snell, Rondo, and Hill. And when you come into the season thinking you're going to have Danilo Gallinari and Bogdan Bogdanovich... Um, coming off the bench as well. It's got to be frustrating that you have these four. Snell hit a three, which is encouraging, but there's just not the offensive uh, explosiveness off the bench that you'd expect. Finally, that brings us to Trey. Trey played 39 minutes. He was 7 of 23 from the field, ended the game with 26 points. He got to the free throw line a lot. It was really working, especially when Derek Jones Jr. and Gary Trent were guarding Trey. He was able to Get some of the fouls that he hadn't been getting um, the previous games. Uh, He ended the game with 11 assists, but he had five turnovers, and some of the turnovers were just brutal, especially down the stretch. You know, the Hawks built a 16 point lead in the second quarter. Um, They were only able to make it seven points at halftime, which was frustrating. But they built the 16 point lead, and then down, that kind of in the third quarter, they let the Blazers come all the way back and tie the game, and it felt going into the fourth quarter it really felt like the Hawks had blown this big opportunity to get a win and then with four minutes left in the game the Hawks were found themselves down eight and it was like you know what happened here the Hawks had this big opportunity to win like what happened and I will give the Hawks credit they did not give up with those four minutes to go in fact they brought the game all the way back and Trey Young had a shot the ball was in the air on a three-pointer that would have given the Hawks the lead with um, less than 30 seconds to go. So they had opportunities to come out of Portland with a win. And even with 18 seconds to go, the Hawks had an inbounds play where they got the ball to um, Trey Young. He was drove the lane and then got it to Kevin Herter for a little uh, just layup. And the officials called an offensive foul on Trey Young. Uh, that was really questionable. I need to go and see the two-minute report to see if that, that held up under scrutiny But it sure looks like Damian Lillard was still moving laterally when he went underneath Trey Young. And that was down too. the Hawks would have been able to to tie the game. They had to play the foul game the rest of the way. And that's where the six point margin that ultimately decided the game was put up. But, you know, the Hawks did a good job. And it was, you know, a credit to Trey that they did. It was a couple of plays in transition where they were able to get easy buckets and get themselves back and have an opportunity to win the game. Um, Fast break points, the Hawks won 17 to 10. And that's an area, it just doesn't seem like the Hawks always take advantage of enough. Um, You know, the Hawks had a shorter bench and not as deep, but with Clint Capella and John Collins, you have bigs who are willing to run, and it it would be um, something I think the Hawks would take a little bit of advantage of. Some other stats that I thought really, like, hammered in how the Blazers won this game and what ultimately happened to the Hawks. The Hawks shot 44% from the field. They were 38 of 87 compared to Portland shooting 40 of 103. Portland had 103 shots compared to the Hawks 87. And uh, again, the three point disparity was really huge. Um, Portland hit 15 threes compared to six by the Hawks. The Hawks were six of 30, While Portland was 15 of 44 and it's just really brutal it's kind of amazing that the Hawks were in this game a real credit to what they were doing in the paint where they outscored Portland by 10 points and uh at the free throw line where the Hawks got to the free throw line about eight more times than um, Portland did a big thing that the Blazers did that really felt like uh, made a big difference in this game was just hitting the offensive boards uh the Blazers got 17 offensive rebounds and a lot of those second chance opportunities uh, were second and third attempt on threes. And, you know, even if Portland didn't make their first one, they made that second shot or the third one. And so, you know, a, a lot of times it felt like the Hawks could be stretching out the lead, could have been pushing that 16 point lead up to 20 or the seven point lead at halftime, pushing that up to 10 instead was cut to five or You know, both teams were trading baskets, but the Hawks were getting a two and the Blazers were getting a three. And so even though it was going back and forth, the Blazers were just slowly cutting into the lead and able to bring it all the way back before taking the lead to, I think, a big difference in this game. It's just how long Damian Lillard has been in the NBA. He doesn't get, you know, rattled at all, even being down 16, even losing his running mate in CJ McCollum and he was able, he had supreme confidence, was able to get to the free throw line when he needed to and make all those shots for his team. Um, That three-pointer that Trey took that would have put the Hawks up by one, that was really a bad shot. It was in transition, it looked like the Hawks had numbers, or maybe even Trey, you know, take what his, one one of his wonderful skills are, 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 is getting to the basket and drawing fouls, and he kind of just settled for a little bit of hero ball and taking that three and Um, When he is one of 11 from three-point land, it's just a little bit frustrating to—or one of nine, excuse me. But it's like, Trey, get to what what has been successful against the Blazers. And um, he also had a really bad turnover where he's trying to get the ball to Kevin Herter at the top of the key for a three-pointer, and he threw it uh, just—to the Blazers' credit, they read it. I think it was either Gary Trent Jr. or Derek Jones Jr., Just stepped in front for an easy steal, and um, Trey knows it. He he realizes on the court, and he threw his hand up and just knew it was a bad turnover. But uh, for our all star to have five turnovers and some big misplays at the end of the game, it's just not. It's going to be that much more difficult to to win a game. So, I think the biggest frustration as a Hawks fan is you know the Hawks had a chance to win this game on the road and. With all of the talent they're missing, they didn't have Cam Reddish, no Bogdan Bogdanovich, no Danilo Gallinari. Aneka Okogwu is not playing back-to-backs yet, as he still works himself back from injuries. Um, The Hawks found themselves in having an opportunity to get a win on the road, and they were not able to take advantage of that. Um, You see, I thought Lloyd Pierce had some really good things to say after the game. He just said they did do some things well. They executed very well on offense during part of this game. They executed the defensive plan, even if I don't particularly agree with what the defensive plan was. They were the Hawks were really trying to get the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands, and um, and whoever was bringing up the ball, they were doing a little double teaming to force the uh, Blazers into scramble mode and get players like Robert Covington to shoot threes or Derek Jones Jr. to shoot threes, which who are poor three point shooters. The Hawks did a good job on that, but they were not unable to execute at that same level at the end of games. And I don't know if Trey's playing too many minutes, um, if he's getting tired or um, if, you know, there's a lot of rotations where it seems like Pierce is trying to keep John Collins and Trey on different rotations or, or, or whatever it is, but to not get a win when it's right there, you have an opportunity to get it is really frustrating. And I think it speaks to the higher expectations on the Hawks teams this, this season. So, you know, going on this West coast trip, it was going to be a tough, tough trip playing the Suns, Jazz, and Blazers. Um, ultimately, the Suns game was postponed. The Hawks really got destroyed in that Jazz game. They fought to get all the way back within four points, but weren't able to really compete in that game. And then sort of let a game fall through their hands that it felt like they had a real opportunity of winning. And so the expectation going into that road trip was like, okay, if we can get one of these games, that would be a big win. And then. To, to go and 2 and have one of the games that really looked like it was winnable and not come out with the win is frustrating the Hawks don't get any time off again they come back to Atlanta and play on Martin Luther King Day on Monday against the Tim- Minnesota Timberwolves there'll be no Carl Anthony towns for the Timberwolves so this will be a big opportunity for the Hawks to get a win um, but it's at a weird time I think the game the game starts in the mid in midday instead of you know the normal 730 time. Uh, tip-off that is usual for the Hawks, but um, it'll be a good opportunity for the Hawks to come back and get a win. They should be getting Danilo Gallinari back soon, which will be a big help off the bench and a big boost to that three-point shooting that has really eluded the Hawks or seems to have left itself from the Hawks right now, Um, but we will talk about that game um, afterwards and uh, see if the Hawks have it rolling. Go Hawks! (laughs) Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast.gmail.com at gmail.com. If you could leave a rating or review on whatever service you use to get your podcast, that would be a big help to me. Go Hawks.